Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Be Mitchell Philly, 1067 The Fan. I'll be rolling solo today. If JP decides to come in, he'll come in. He has some other things to take care of. Jeff, we don't know what's going on with him, but Landfill and I are both here. We came rolling after a great weekend of football. Six tremendous games. One of them was even more outstanding than the other, and that game was the one that started with Dallas Cowboys getting their butt kicked finally at Jerry World. We see when they don't have the flags being picked up and the referees are calling these things that they don't really see, they are, they are not that good of a football team. We'll go through a little bit of the weekend that we just saw. Both teams from the NFC East are out of it. We're looking at the Eagles, who are 11-6. and six. It's awful that that team was sitting like 11-1 and one at one point, uh, or 10-1, and one, and they lost six of their last seven games down the stretch. There may be some changes. I was just looking at a thing with Sal Palantonio, and he's saying that there will be major changes. Many people are thinking Nick Sirianni may not be back, but you look at the fact that they were in the Super Bowl last year, and now this team this year went 11-6 and, uh, and six down the stretch. And to go out there and lose that game uh, the way they did yesterday against the Buccaneers, you you may have see some changes. And I know one thing. Fans like to act like they have a lot of say. In Philadelphia, they actually do. When they start talking, I think people in that organization starts to listen. The Dallas Cowboys, 12-5, and five, NFC's champions, have the Houston Texans, <laughs> have Green Bay roll in, and they get absolutely mollywhopped, okay? And, it, I, I, look, I've said it. I think early in the season we saw the Arizona Cardinals showed you the recipe of beating the Dallas Cowboys. You run the football directly at Michael Parsons. He is not the same dude when you do that. So that's when the comparison of him and Lawrence Taylor began to pop up. I'm like, LT will stop the run. He will bust your ass in the pass. He was a bad man. Micah is a little light in the ass to be trying to take on those big old offensive linemen, and he has an advantage over them. He's far more athletic. As a pass rusher, he is supreme. As a run stopper, mm-mm, it ain't going to happen. But I just – there were a lot of blue. I saw a lot of blue throughout the year. And I've been looking for that blue since that game the other night, and I think all of the Dallas Cowboys fans just disappeared now, you know? It's kind of like, you know, you you might hear somebody has some roaches in their house, but when the lights come on, you don't see them. That's how they seem to be right now. They absolutely look bad, but I'm sitting here as a Commanders fan, and my thought process is, could it have been a better weekend? You sit at home. We didn't do well. We, we, we the, 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 the news comes out that Adam Peters is the guy. You go sign him. Got a five-year deal, six-year deal, whatever it is. And then you see Dallas and Philly lose. And I think it made me start thinking about something. I'll get into it later on. You know, does this give you hope? You seem to have adults running this franchise now. Josh Harris and his crew are moving at a, a alarming and fast pace. And now they just hired Peters. You're going to expect him to go out and get some top-notch guys. It may not take as long. 
I'm looking. Kelsey, the center who leads to tush push and everything else, he's going to retire. If you're starting to think about another coach going up to Philadelphia, you know, and if they keep keeping uh, the other defense coordinator, let keep him because he don't know what the hell he's doing. Okay, he he has been around and he has messed up a lot of places he's been. But if you start seeing all these changes happening in Philadelphia, Dallas, who twelve and five this year, and then they go into the playoffs, and as they normally do, they lose the first round. It should give Washington hope. The Giants are the Giants, although we lost to them twice. <laughs> you know what I mean? They are the Giants. And it has been tough. You know, I know we look at the, just the Dallas Cowboys and, and Washington, that rivalry. But throughout this whole thing, it's always been tough as hell to go to New York and win. And But they were able to get us twice this year. But as we begin to look forward, are you a little more excited? Are you starting to smile more? You know, Baker Mayfield right now seems like he's getting revamped. I watched that game with them and the Eagles, and it was one of the most pathetic, displays of tackling I've seen in a damn lifetime. They Bradbury seemed like he did not want to make tackles. They had guys like making, as I heard one of the commentators say, making business deals. They didn't want to go out there and play football yesterday. You know, and you and if you can't play it, listen, man, I know people like to, it, it's not like the older players are going against it, but when you watch football today, I see maybe four or five teams that play football how it's supposed to be played. I'm talking about defensive backs coming up and laying some lumber on people. Most of the teams, the defensive backs let you run past them and try to jump on your back. Instead of putting, using it, you wear shoulder pads for a damn reason, to use them, you know? And I'm seeing terrible football, and I understand all this new stuff about protecting them and, 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 and got to make sure for the safety of the player. It's tackle football still, isn't it? I I, thought, I I think it's tackle football. So I need to see some people tackling. We're going to have Ike Reese join us at 1030. Ike is from Philadelphia. As I was sitting there listening to, Landfill and I were listening to some uh, Philly radio. <laughs> they are going hard in the paint today. They want coaches' heads to be turning. They want people out of there. And listen, I know how we talk about things, and we could be a little nice and, oh, you know, I don't, I don't call for coaches' heads. But the whole thing about it is what I've seen is if you are a coach and you don't do your job, the people that take care of the business, they'll get rid of you. But as I stated earlier in Philadelphia, it's going to be something special. But I saw some fantastic things happen this weekend. Everyone, I was one of them, thought that the Cleveland Browns would go to Texas and handle them because Cleveland Browns' defense was outstanding. I don't think any of us had called and talked to C.J. Stroud and Bobby Sloick, the offensive coordinator, because if you talk about designing plays and game planning and setting things up, he had a degree, a, 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 a doctorate in, in play calling, and whoever the damn coordinator is in Cleveland, he just, just graduated from high school because you can see – C.J. Stroud throwing balls to guys that were wide open. I'm talking about not one, not two. I'm talking four or five times people are running by themselves, not a, not a defensive back within 15, 20 yards of them. That is some designing right there. And I don't know what they were looking at, but he went out there and Stroud was on point. And I, we could go all the way back, and I've listened to people. I heard a guy come on the junkies and said, 
how he had all these people hired in, you know, that did my man up Joe Burrow. And I'm saying, whatever, man, you can revision this history as whatever. You ain't gonna tell me Bryce Young is better decorated than a damn Joe Burrow. Coming out of school that, that year that Joe Burrow had, I'm not buying it. But CJ Stroud, that kid right there is basically telling people, you all made a mistake. And I love the way he's done it. He's gone on the football field, and he's had a terrific year. Hell, this guy, we, we were talking about our guy here. Oh, we, we leading in passing yard. That dude, C.J. Stroud, was in the MVP conversation early on. He probably should walk. He's going to walk away with rookie of the year, I would guess. His, uh, his, his teammate, uh, Anderson, the linebacker, he's another guy who's had an outstanding year. But when you, I look at stuff like that, I am looking at coaches coaching up their players. C.J. wasn't that good in college, but he's made that step. He has an understanding, and I need to start seeing that stuff happen right here in Washington. Then we go to the next game. Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Miami Dolphins. Everything that I said and thought was based off of the weather. When you start talking about minus anything, when the weather is already minus six, minus seven, minus eight, and then the field-like temperature starts going into double digits, when they got close to old 30-30, minus 30, <laughs> it was minus 28. They said it was going to dip to minus 30. When I saw that, I everybody that asked me a question, I say, bet the house on Kansas City. Oh, man, Tyreek played up there. Tyreek is from Florida. He played up there for a moment. He went back to Miami. His body went back to what he was accustomed to. Tyreek went up and had an okay game. But the rest of his football team, all the way to his coach. When I was every time they showed Mike McDaniel, I basically was saying, this dude seen that he's the most miserable person in the world right now. When that temperature starts to dip, and listen, I got here in 1990, coming from D, from uh, Louisiana. Monty Coleman quickly told me, we don't wear sleeves. And he cut my sleeves off, and I've been playing with sleeves, or no sleeves since. But they got me into it, and it was a mindset. You had to get And when you get out there, if you get in the cold and you start thinking about how cold it is, I'm going to tell you straight up right now, you will not ever stop being cold. But if you just go out there and go through the motions and do the things you have to do, you don't have a problem. And as that game went on, you saw Kansas City was cold too. But Kansas City plays and practices in that type of weather. They can adapt a little better. Miami? Mm-mm. If they don't have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, it's going to be a problem for them this year, next year, whenever. It's going to always be like that. So I look at that game, and when as, as that game went on, I was sitting at the uh, MGM and checking out stuff. I was like, look, <laughs> they, whoever bet on Miami, you're losing. <laughs> and I saw guys try to go and get they they try to come back and get the bets after the game has already started because they want to make a change. They knew. It was a problem. When you saw, when you looking at the game, Landfield, what was, what was your thought? I was uh, that game was on Saturday, and I was going to get uh, to get my car worked on, and I was sitting in the lobby, and they were doing the pregame show, and they showed the reporter where they had to put the guy in a plastic bubble, like a heated plastic bubble, yeah. in order to keep him safe from the cold, and then you know a team from Miami was going to go play in that. I mean. Tua is from Hawaii. He went to college in Alabama, yeah. and he plays in Miami. That dude has never experienced cold weather. Like, what are we doing here? Of course they were going to struggle, and they did. They, oh, they did, mightily. It was that. the most predictable thing ever. 20 of 39 for 199 yards, 
one touchdown, one INT. He was sacked twice. They the running like we always talk about. They have a track team. Most of had eight carries for thirty three yards. Tua had three for twenty five. A chain, who we all know can run, six carries, nine yards. <laughs> what they don't what? run track in negative four degree weather for a reason, <laughs> Bruh, One thing when you start looking at the northern teams or the teams where the weather is cold and you look at the teams that don't have to deal with that type of weather, you know that that is an advantage for the northern teams and teams in cold weather. I go down to Florida to play golf a lot, and I get to Orlando, I get to Miami, and if it's 60 degrees outside, they are wearing overcoats, okay? They look like it is a 30-degree day here in D.C., and as I go through it, I always laugh. And then when you start thinking about them having to go into, hell, I wouldn't want to go in that type of weather. Not right now. You know, I did at one point in my life when I was the, I guess, young, young and dumb enough not to understand. Right now, you tell me it's minus thirty. I'm not going outside. I'm gonna stay inside and let my little, let my rude uh, HVAC system take care of me. I mean, in that game again on the preseason, uh, the pregame, they were talking about guys wearing wetsuits during the game and smearing themselves with Vaseline. Yeah, yeah. No team from Miami is gonna tolerate nah, that. Nah, they can't get that done. But that, that was the Saturday game. Let's move on Sunday. Well, the first game, I talked about that earlier, and that game was was not as close as the score said. It was 48-32, but that game was by far bigger than that. It was a complete blowout. The Packers basically embarrassed them. And I would say this, everybody, we all have taken our shots at Jordan Love. But Jordan Love showed a lot throughout this season, and down the, down the stretch, he carried them. And I know before that game, Everyone said, well, they beat three bad teams at the end of the season. Well, it must have been four then because the way that they beat, the way that they went out there offensively and went up and down the field on Dallas, where I thought had a very good defense, they they made them look like they were not a good team as well. All right, let's go to the phone line real quick. Let's go to line one right here. We just got someone that uh, they're going to do this because I know we heard enough stuff from the Cowboy fans. And my man, Greg. Greg, what you got to say? Good morning, Mr. Mitchell. How are you? I'm good, man. What's going on? I just got a question for you. What you got? How about them Cowboys? (laughs) 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 Oh, my goodness. I told y'all. I told y'all it was coming. Oh, I told you. Oh, B, was that the greatest weekend ever? Oh, you know, that that did make Sunday start off kind of good, man. I ain't going to lie to you about that. Cowboy fans at now. You know they all y'all running all through my stadium. Where y'all at now? <laughs> uh, hey, I, I got. It, I told a guy. I said, you know what? He said, oh man, y'all not even going to play. I said, it'll be one week, and you'll be sitting right there with us. Yep. And Jerry, 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 uh, Jerry, gonna make some heads turn though. I can tell you that. Oh, they got their hands full there. At least we know. At least we know what we got, and, and we on the way up. I would hate to be a Cowboy fan right now. Woo. Hey, it was embarrassing, though. Appreciate your call, brother. Have a good day, brother. All right, man. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of people feel like that because Dallas is so loud when they're winning. And when they lose, they seem to just disappear. Next game, L.A. Rams went to Detroit. Detroit won. That was the battle of the quarterbacks from their former teams. And, you know, <laughs> I was just have to say, Detroit did – what you do to teams sometimes. You got to put them in a heavyweight championship fight, which means run the football at them and on them. 
Uh, Stafford played a great game, you know, but I think down the stretch, it was just golf and his crew that were more consistent. You know, they ran the ball a little bit more effectively down the stretch. But, you know, and I'm not saying I'll say Brown, that, that dude right there, he's a ball player, you know. And uh, just think about it. I don't care. Uh, I was just listening to Donnie Simpson, who retired from radio, and he said, you know, you get to a point, you know, no one is saying that you're not good at what you do. But when, when, when it comes to the end, you still feel like somebody telling you you're just not that good. And I'm sure Jared Goff felt exactly like that. He took that team to a Super Bowl, okay? And all the blame was on him that they lost the game. But Sean McVay had to take some blame for that too because Bill Belichick outcoached the hell out of him in that game. So then all of a sudden you step out and they let you go and they, take, they, they trade you to Detroit and they take Stafford and they go back to the Super Bowl and they win. And when you roll in there, you know Jared Goff is just sitting there at the end saying, I want to win this game no matter what. And he got that chance with a one-point victory. Uh, we'll continue going through the rest of the games uh, as we go through the show. But uh, we're going to take a quick break here. we get back. Ike Reese played uh, football with me in Philadelphia, and he does radio now um, afternoons in Philadelphia. Ike is going to come in and give us his take on what's happening up there in Philadelphia. We're happy. We got a GM. We're looking for a coach to come here. And it may be some uh, uprooting going on up there in the city of brotherly love. This is the B. Mitchell Finley Show, 106.7 The Fan. We'll be back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Be Mitchell Finley, 1067 The Fan. Be Mitchell Finley Show is brought to you by Rude HVAC Equipment. Head over to Rude.com to find a contractor near you and available tax credits and rebates. That's R-U-U-D. And remember... If it ain't rude, it ain't right. You mentioned Philly is presented by John Leahy and the Fine Living Group as well. Let the MVP of DMV Real Estate sell your home for more. Visit johnsellsdmv.com. And as I told you, we're going to go to Philadelphia, get a take on what's happening with that team and what's happening in the city of brotherly love. To get to, to talk to us about that, to get my little brother, Ike Reese, joins us. Afternoons in Philly on WIP. What's up, Mike? How you doing, Ike? How you doing, brother? Lemonhead, JP, how you guys doing? Let me just say this first and foremost. Don't don't appreciate the boys, the men intro music on the way in. Like that, that was totally unnecessary. Hey, Philadelphia, <laughs> baby, Philadelphia. <laughs> we, have, we have to make sure we take care of the people from where they're from, you know what I mean? Oh, we could have taken some stuff. Wait, wait, you, let's see, take you to, to Detroit somewhere, you know. 
<laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. I appreciate it, man. Good morning. Good morning, man. So, you know, I, I'm sitting there. I'm listening to Seth on the radio this morning. And yeah. I'm like, I need to talk to somebody. I said, let me try Ike or Hugh. And Hugh, Hugh worked the same time I do. And then you work right. afterwards. I said, let me get my little bro in here. What yeah. the hell happened down the stretch? Oh, man, that is going to be the uh, that is the million-dollar question. That is the question that everybody wants to know. And you guys have been around this game, this business, long enough to know that you sort of get uh, stock answers throughout the season because nobody wants to uh, just blatantly point fingers at a particular area, whether it's coaching, whether it's players, whether it's offense, whether it's defense, whether it's, you know, issues in the locker room. So what we got was a lot of sort of fluff as we were coming down the stretch here. And it'll be interesting to see um, what comes out over the next few weeks as to what went wrong uh, internally here with this Mm -hmm. team. Because the way I look at it, fellas, is that, you know, this to me has more to do with than what we saw on the field. You know, uh, it's one thing to have to, you know, overcome injuries to certain players or, you know, things of that nature that, most teams go through throughout the course of a season, but a team that, you know, has a 10 and one record and then finished the season, the way they finished against some of the opponents they finished against Mm -hmm. what the circumstances and what was at stake during those games to watch them come out and perform the way that they did. To me, it says there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than what we out in the public really know what's going on. And so um, I'll be interested to hear over the next few weeks because it'll start leaking out. It, it usually uh-huh. does. You know, they can't hold water. So somebody will start talking to somebody anonymously. <laughs> and, and, and we'll start getting p- bits and pieces of what was going on because I think there has to be some sort of fracture on the inside of this thing. Like whether or not, whether it's the players trusting the coaches, like we've heard about that. And that's on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, or whether or not there's issues uh, with connectivity with the quarterback and certain players on the offensive side of the ball. So we heard about, you know, Jeff McClain of the Philadelphia Inquirer put out a story uh, yesterday that certainly hinted that that could be one of the issues there. That's very similar to what we went to a couple years ago uh, with Carson Wentz. So I, I don't know where the truth is in there, uh-huh. but I know if there's enough smoke, there's some truth to what's what's being reported well, out there. See, Jalen Hurts has been presented to me as a guy where people liked him. He works his tail off, and everybody yeah. wanted him to be taken care of. But what I don't like is every time a quarterback gets taken care of, the 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 the, the, the angst that goes at that quarterback. That's yeah. what they do. They get paid in this yeah. league. So is it could it be something like that or like I don't know. Like I, this team when they run the football, they need, they normally win. Yes. They stopped running the football. And we've been screaming it all year, Brian. I'm, um, I don't think I ever called you Brian or when the last time I called yeah, you. Brian. I take Brian uh, over Lemonhead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, B, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that, man. And and I think there's, there's players, particularly offensive linemen. You know, offensive linemen want to fire off the ball yeah. and, and, and knock somebody down. And they just didn't get the opportunity to do that. This is supposed to be one of the best offensive lines and all of football, and we just didn't put the onuses on their shoulders to go out and lead us to a victory, not just last night, but even coming down the stretch here 
it seemed like we were still trying to force the passing game and these explosive plays and all this stuff, throwing the ball down the field versus, man, just get a ball to, to DeAndre Swift, yeah. you know, two out, of, two out of three plays, and you're usually going to be in a third and manageable situation, and then we could just push, push ourselves to a first down. So, mm-hmm. but, but it didn't seem like that was what they wanted to do from an offensive standpoint. It seemed like we were chasing the big play, the explosive play all year long. And I don't know if that was, and that's the thing. I don't know if that's, uh, it, it's obviously coming from a coaching standpoint, but then you hear that plays are being changed at the line of scrimmage and, and, and players sort of improvising and doing their own thing versus what the coaches are calling on the sideline. That's sort of what happened at the end of the uh, Seattle game. So I think there's a lot, there's a mixture of a lot of that stuff going on behind the scenes, and all of that stuff contributed to their downfall. And if you look on the defensive side of the ball, half of the guys were in favor of Sean Desai. The other half of the guys wanted to see something change and, 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 and have some sort of energy infused in them. Then they thought Matt Patricia would be the answer. And when that didn't work out, it certainly <laughs> looked like everybody just threw their hands up like, you know what, nothing is going to work. B-Mitch, I don't think we tackled one player in the open field the last four weeks of the season. Well, I'm going to tell you. I've yeah, never seen anything like that. I saw the most pathetic tackling I've ever seen in my life yesterday. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Bradbury seemed like he was making sure he was going to be healthy for vacation because he did yeah. not want to touch anybody. The other guys were avoiding guys. I saw guys slow up so they won't have to make the tackle. Yep. We, AB, we know how that looks, man. We know <laughs> how that looks. Uh, fortunately, you know, during my nine-year career, I wasn't on a bunch of bad teams, but I had – a couple in there, mixing there, particularly early in my career. And so I know what it looks like uh-huh. when somebody is not necessarily putting out a full effort and sacrificing their body for their teammates and making plays. And you're absolutely right. You know, last night the nation got a chance to see it because it was on Monday Night Football. Arizona came in here and ran for over 200 yards against us with James Conner. I mean, the New York Giants and their two games against the Eagles out of the last three, I don't think their offense – Look as good as it looked in those two games as it looked all year long. So the New York Giants are moving the football against us. I mean, we let we let uh, Drew Locke out in Seattle march down the field 95, 92 yards with no timeouts for a game-winning touchdown, and it looked like we had never played any type of situational awareness football <laughs> in that game. Nobody wanted to tackle. Nobody wanted to cover. Like, all of those things, it seemed like there were moments where the team – just wasn't fully invested in each other. And, it's you know, I try to deny that. I try to sort of paint a different picture because you want to believe and you want to look at the glass half full, but there, there's no way to explain losing six out of seven games coming down the stretch with a team that was 10-1, and one, yeah. other than the fact that there has to be some issues inside the football building internally with the team. Did, I just I, I don't know any other way to explain. Did it. they not know? We're speaking to Ike Reese uh, from Mark, Marks and Reese in Philadelphia uh, WIP. Real, real, real quick, quick correction. What? It's the afternoon show now because we don't have Johnny Marks okay. with us anymore. So it's just the afternoon. Just the show. afternoon until, show. And, okay. Until, until we name our our uh, who else is joining the show, and that's supposed to come tomorrow. So I can't even break news with you and tell you who it is. Uh, well, I'll, I'll find we'll, out what we'll that is. Tomorrow. I'll find out what that is coming up then. But, you know, when they lost both of their coordinators, did yeah. they not understand how difficult that would be? And the thing I'm hearing is 
they they put Johnson out there as if he's the call play caller, but I'm hearing Sirianni really calls it. So uh, how how does that work? <laughs> and then well, you know, and then Patricia, man, we listen, man. Matt Patricia's probably he, he's done what he could do. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the funny thing is, from Eagles fans, nobody was in favor of having Matt Patricia here. <laughs> so it was like it was like you know he still has that Patriot sort of stance uh-huh. on him. So so Eagles fans weren't necessarily ready to embrace Matt Patricia being here on the staff in any capacity. But you brought up something um, I think is very critical, especially when you look at the offensive side of the ball and sort of the regression of the offense. Yeah, forget about any individual player, just the regression of the offense overall. Tim McManus had a story as well. Uh, yesterday, I believe, and he talked about the disconnect or the lack of trust from offensive players in the play calling because they don't know who's actually responsible for calling plays. Is it Brian Johnson? Is it Nick Sirianni? Who seemingly, according to reports, that he's had more of a larger part in the decision-making in the play calling uh, for a few weeks now. So you have to wonder – those who had a lot of faith in Brian Johnson, how do they view Nick Sirianni mm-hmm. sort of stepping in there and, and, and sort of minimizing Brian Johnson's role now as the play caller? Is everybody on board with that? So those are, those are just – those are like branches on this tree that, that, are, that everybody's going to look at this offseason. And, and I'll tell you, Jeffrey Lurie certainly has his finger on what's going on because he's on the inside of the building. And well, I saw his, his face yesterday, and he don't look man, very happy. You know, he did not look very happy, <laughs> man. He, he totally looked sort of, like, disgusted yeah. with what was happening on national TV. So his decision to whether either keep Nick Sirianni or move on from him or whoever he decides to move on from, I think that'll be a clear indication of what the real issues are because Jeffrey Lewis is a smart owner and does a great job of hiring coaches and then knowing when to move on from them. So if he decides to move on from Nick Sirianni, then that means he believes that Nick Sirianni is a part of the problem uh, of why this team is where they're at. But if he decides to stick with him, I think he still believes that Nick has a lot of characteristics that he appreciates, but there's no way there won't be some changes to the staff, whether it's just the coordinators or the entire staff itself. There's going to be changes this offseason. Yeah, because you look last year there in the Super Bowl, and this happens this year, and now they're talking about him. In your heart of hearts, is Nick Sirianni coaching the Eagles next year? If I had to place a bet on it, B. Mitch, considering I'm a fan duel endorser, uh, I, I would go with uh, – I think he's back. I, I do. You know, again, unless there's something I don't know about. I'm not inside the building, so there could be bigger issues than I'm aware of. Uh-huh. They would be privy of. I, I think – it's the sound from the players and even from Nick last night didn't sound like it was fin- it was a uh, finale for him last night. It, it, it sounds like he may have gotten some type of uh, well, even if he didn't get some type of assurance that he's going to be back, he certainly it doesn't seem like he's been informed that he certainly could be gone. He may be showing that poker face, way. man. That's that poker. Yeah, face. I mean, yeah, and I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong. I, I, I could be completely wrong. I, the one thing that you, you and I both agree on is that that shot of Jeffrey Lurie in his suite yeah. was not a shot of a happy man. And so, so yeah, Jeffrey looked a little bit more pissed off than Jerry did the other night. That night made yeah. me smile. <laughs> 
Well, that's, that's the one thing we can rejoice in together on is that what happened Sunday night was certainly a pleasant to watch. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you giving me some time. And uh, I found out you at Odyssey and FanDuel, we're brothers all over the place, man. <laughs> you know it, man. It's enough of this power to go around for all of us, brother. <laughs> oh, and we take it all, too. <laughs> all right, man. I appreciate you, brother. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. That's yep. Ike Reese joining us uh, from the afternoon show on WIP. Uh, he, 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 Marks is going now. You can follow Mike on, I mean, Ike on Twitter if you want to, at Ike Reese. That's at Ike 58 Reese. 1067 The Fan. On February 2nd, it's 1067 The Fan versus Team 980 live. Friday, February 2nd at 8 p.m. at the Bethesda Theater. Get tickets today at BethesdaTheater.com. Tickets are going fast, so make sure you go and get one. 1067 The Fan versus Team 980. I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be like Cat Williams against Kevin Hart. Basketball, rap off, what we got going on here? You know, Lanfield? We're we'll be talking sports. Oh, we're talking sports. Okay. Making fun of Chris Russell. Uh, <laughs> That'll be happening. Yeah, it's going to be some fun things going on, man. But ultimately, let's get back to football going through the weekend. Um, and I saw something that happened. And listen, understand how things have changed. But I feel sorry for defensive players. They can't do much anymore. But Josh Allen yesterday running, and he looks like he's about to stop the slide. So everybody slowed up, and he kept running. <laughs> it's the same thing that Kenny Pickett did when he was in college. You know, that type of little deal. And I think what's going to have to happen now, somebody got to just lay a damn quarterback out and they'll stop him from doing those little tricks. But, hey, it's what the rules are today. You're going to have to figure it out because uh, it's a little embarrassing, man. They, uh, they, the Steelers got fooled on that one, but Josh played his butt off yesterday. I don't always see eye to eye with him because he does so much that can mess up things. But he played some damn football yesterday. I'm going to go to his little stats here because I, I was impressed with him. Because uh, he normally, when he wants to do some things, he didn't have the big, big passing day. And, you know, it could be cold up there too. But he passed for 203 yards, 21 of 30. He passed three touchdowns, okay? And he had 74 yards rushing on eight carries. You go out there and you do that and your team win 31, uh, score 31 points. You got to give him credit for it. Now, I'm looking forward to him and uh, Kansas City going at it again. Now, Kansas City has to travel. Pat Mahomes normally playing in Kansas City. He has to travel to Pittsburgh and see if he can get it done. And that's going to be uh, uh, interesting to see exactly what's going to happen. I just believe that the defense of Kansas City is a little better than the Steelers' defense you know, without having uh, Watt uh, out there. When you don't, when you lose that guy that can have seven double-digit sacks every year, it's tough. Then the game that ended, we just finished talking to Ike about last night, 32-9 win, Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles did not look interested in that game last night. They they looked like a lot of guys, like they just quit, uh, ready to go. And I that's the what I saw last night is a group of guys who don't have confidence in the people calling plays. And it wasn't just offensively. I mean, defensively, it was offensively as well. And as you look at it, We've heard the talk, A.J. Brown was very, very upset a lot of times, and then they'll start overly throwing the ball to him. Was that just Jalen doing it on his own, or was it Nick doing it? What happened? Because when they stopped running the football up there, that team did not look the same. 
I'm sure it made a lot of people around here look be happy about it. But yesterday, Baker Mayfield, 22 of 36, 337 yards, three touchdowns. You do that against that Eagles defense, and then their offense is sputtering. They don't have a chance. You know, and I, I'm, I'm serious. You look at six games out of seven, you lost down the stretch. It's going to be some things happening up there. But it was a great weekend of football, although the Buffalo game was supposed to be on Sunday. But I think it was the governor of uh, New <laughs> up there that basically talked and changed things up because they felt like it was a little bit, it was too dangerous for, for the uh, fans to come. We know the Bills Mafia would have been at the game any damn way. But they hired people to go in there and clean the snow out. They did that. And every time they scored, they had snowballs flying around the stadium. Didn't care much about it at all. But ultimately – uh, we had a great weekend of football. We had another weekend coming up. Uh, the divisional round is going to be outstanding. Um, four, eight left. Find out the next four. And that championship weekend is going to be special in Philly. Right now, you look at them. Who do you think is playing in the Super Bowl? Uh, I think it's hard to bet against the Ravens. Uh-huh. And... I kind of feel like the Lions. I just the Lions. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. You don't think the Forty ers I think the Forty ers have. A, I mean, I think the Packers can beat the Forty ers mm. Like, I think, I think it's it's possible there. The the Lions are going to beat the Bucks. Are you putting a little wagering on it? I might. Mm. I wonder what the Lions to win the Super Bowl odds are. They've got to be pretty good, you or at least to make the Super Bowl. Check that out, man. I'm looking. You see how much you can get. I'm just looking forward to it, man. I, I love this time of the year, and this is when I find out people who are dedicated. But just going into last weekend, I told one of my buddies, I say, dude, every year there's a home team who just gets their ass kicked. And that home team happened to be Dallas. Because you know, everybody, hey, they don't lose when they're in Texas. What they had won, 17 in a row, I think it was. And then when it crashed down on them, it crashed down on them. But every year in the playoffs, one home team in that first weekend of, of the playoff, they lose, and they lose badly. The Lions are plus 310 to win the NFC and plus 900 to win the Super Bowl. Ooh. That's, a, that's, that's, that's nice odds right there, brother. All right, we're talking to break. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll be joined by Barstu Nate. Barstu Nate will join us at 11 o'clock. We have uh, Mitch Tisler at 12, and Nikki Javala going to join us at 1 o'clock. Be Mitch and Finney, JP is doing his uh, duty. He's on jury duty, and uh, I'm sure he's not happy. But you know what? It's a duty that we all have. I'm glad it's him and not me. We'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 